Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tossed Popcorn is a production of iHeartRadio. Oh, hello. I'm Liana Holston. And I'm Sienna Jekyll. And welcome back. Or welcome for the first time. If you're here for the first time, oh my gosh. To Tossed Popcorn, the podcast where two idiots watch every film on the AFI's 100 Greatest American Movies of All Time. The very slightly less racist 10th Anniversary Edition. This podcast is a safe hole <laughs> for people who don't know anything about movies. Toss popcorn, a safe hole. Today, we're watching Platoon. Death? Who you all know about death? Number 86 on the AFI list. Warning, there will be spoilers about this immoral. Oh, Old film. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. The content of the film. Oh, so much to yes, say. I, so much to mm-hmm. say. But first, I would love to hear, Liana. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Your prediction of this movie. And thank you. Hi, Sienna. Oh, my gosh. Oh. 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 Hi, Sienna. Hi. <laughs> it's Liana. I'm about to watch uh, Platoon. <laughs> There was a poster for this in my high school math classroom, which is very fucked up, I think. Yeah, what? And I think it's about, perhaps, Thank you. the Vietnam War. Good. And if the poster is anything to go off of, it's so violent. Yeah. Also, I gotta say, I am once again in a bit of a furniture situation, so I may not perceive a lot of this movie, but for this movie, I'm okay with that. Please um, pray. <laughs> Love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> The poster was that violent? Have you... The poster is... Well, we'll, we'll get to it. What is the poster? It's a, it's a moment from the film. Okay. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that could, yeah, that's enough. And anyone, any possible still from the movie, but... Uh, <gasps> Sienna, I would love, please, to hear your prediction. Okay, great. For Platoon. Hey, Liana, it's Sienna. I'm about to watch Platoon. I I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be about. Mm. I 
I'm guessing it has to do with war. Yes. Some guys in the military fighting a war. Uh-huh. <laughs> fighting war. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know, man. I love you. Goodbye. Oh, another one. Another one. Another yeah. one. I, I texted my parents yesterday because for the listener, I'm I'm in the middle of a, a bit of a move. And I texted my parents and I said, the stress of moving is not aided by having to watch Platoon right now. <laughs> and my dad replied, and this was so funny and so true. He said, well, the good news is you've reviewed this movie a few times already. <laughs> <laughs> Savage! <laughs> Go a, off, Dad. An absolute roast. And he's right. <laughs> he's not wrong. Not wrong at all. Sienna, could you please? Oh, yeah. And I, I, I really am going to need this. <laughs> Give us a summary of the film Platoon. Yes. Platoon. <laughs> <laughs> Another Vietnam War movie. Charlie Sheen, not to be mistaken, for Martin Sheen. Absolutely. From the other Vietnam Absolutely. War movie. Absolutely. Who is fighting voluntarily <laughs> is the guy who we follow as the whole platoon battles against the darkness that war brews within each of them. Ooh. Staff Sergeant Barnes, the guy with all the scars. Yes. The Phantom of the Opera. Is much more callous towards villagers Sergeant Elias played by Willem Dafoe pushes for slightly more humanity and is later punished for it Mm. by Barnes Mm. are these men fighting the opponent or are they fighting themselves whoa the end that's basically it I think that the point I think what this movie was Mm. it was a Vietnam War movie Mm -hmm. but the point was they're all losing their humanity and they end up fighting each other. That's such a that's such a good that's such a perfect summary and segue <laughs> into the historical context. Excellent. Uh, helicopter sounds and welcome <laughs> to the historical context for Platoon, the 1986 Vietnam War film. I was flabbergasted that there was a fourth <laughs> Vietnam War movie on this list that we were having to watch. Which other ones did we have to watch? Just Apocalypse like Meow. Uh-huh. The Deer Hunter. Forrest Gump. Oh. Forrest Gump, not specifically a Vietnam War movie, but there is a big chunk of it. No, it's... And a big chunk of him left yeah, in Vietnam. <laughs> Gorgeous. Uh-huh. So the whole, mo- the whole time I was watching this movie, I was like, there must be something that set this apart. Like, there must be some reason... Something that made this movie a special yeah. Vietnam Why is it here War movie. Right. And there is. So, Platoon, 1986, was written and directed by a Vietnam War veteran. Sick. Named Oliver Stone. And apparently, one website was like, it's the first Hollywood film to be written and directed by a Vietnam War vet. And I was like, mm, really? <laughs> and I think... Well, probably is the case is it's the first like Vietnam War movie oh, yeah. to be written and directed like told by somebody who really was there and experienced right. it right, right, right. and that for me explained all of it I was like oh okay that makes it makes sense as to like why it's celebrated but specifically also why it's on this list because and this this isn't meant to be a roast of the film but it's not that different from the other <laughs> Vietnam War movies that we've like they've all done a good job of conveying the horrors of war. Yeah. The horror, the horror, etc. Yeah. Um, but that this one was unique in that way. 
Oliver Stone served for 15 months in Vietnam from 1967 to 1968. So Charlie Sheen's character is sort of a romanticized version of Oliver Stone. He took It took 10 years to get this movie financed because right after the Vietnam War, Hollywood and the U.S. were like, we don't want to hear about yeah. it. We don't want to talk about it. It's very awkward. <laughs> it's awkward for us to have to talk about that. So no. And it ended up being the first in a trilogy of Vietnam War films uh, directed by Stone. I don't think the next two were like plot related to uh-huh. it, but they were also related to the Vietnam War. Platoon ended up securing its major financing from producers outside of the United States because, again, they just were not on board with like making Vietnam content. Wow. And apparently by 86, they also were like, well, we already did the Deer Hunter and we yeah. already did Apocalypse Now. So I think we've sort of done the best things we can do about the war. And if we were there, we would have said, what? <laughs> Wait, guys. Yeah. Hang on. Um, but the Hemdale Film Corporation in Britain is who the pr- was the production company for the film. Yeah, very interesting. And apparently the same went for a lot of Vietnam movies, including Apocalypse Now and The Deer Hunter. They had to get their major financing from companies outside of the U.S. Oh, that is so interesting. It's very interesting. I need to know more. Oh, no, I have no other information. <laughs> that's, that's enough. <laughs> no, that's it. <laughs> um, the military advisor on the film was a man named Dale Dye, D-Y-E. He's a Marine Corps veteran who did three tours in Vietnam and was awarded the Bronze Star for Heroism in Action and Three Purple Hearts. And he's still, I think, working today as a, as a war consultant, military advisor for... Military consultant, I think, is the right of all those four words. I think those yeah. are the two to put together. Anyway, um, he, for Platoon, ran a boot camp for the film's actors where he had them do workouts, weapons drills full pack marches and tent living in the Philippines where they shot the film. And Dale Dye says of the experience shooting it, he says, quote, I took 33 actors into the mountains of central Luzon in the Philippines for three weeks, completely cut off from the outside world. The day I brought them back to civilization was the first day of filming. They were ready. They looked and performed just like soldiers in Vietnam. And I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) But what it it means is like, but he just kind of got them into the soldier mindset and the training was designed to get them like very comfortable holding the weapons and all of that stuff and and very familiar with everything on their their person, which is, I think, pretty standard for war movies. Mm -hmm. But again, lent an air of authenticity to this film that I think previous films didn't have as much because, again, it was another veteran who had served in that specific war giving their experience. The final battle in the movie is a dramatization of the New Year's Day battle of 1968, which Oliver Stone fought in. That battle took place on January 1st, which was 30 days before the People's Army of Vietnam and the Viet Cong launched the Tet Offensive, which was a big, it's like one of the ones that you kind of learn about in school when you're Mm -hmm. learning about the Vietnam War. But the New Year's Day battle of 1968 received no media coverage at the time. And Oliver Stone recalls like coming home and being surprised that people hadn't heard anything about this battle to the point that he was like, did I dream this? Like, did I imagine Weird. that this happened? Which was, again, just another instance of America kind of not feeling comfortable talking about the fact that they were losing the war yeah. in Vietnam. Yeah. Wow. 
Platoon has been criticized by some, including a journalist and Vietnam veteran Wallace Terry, for its depiction of black soldiers in Vietnam specifically. A couple of the criticisms that Wallace Terry cites are there's no black actors playing officers in the movie, mm-hmm. and all three of the black characters with like speaking roles are portrayed as cowards in some way or another. Yeah, right. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, just simply yeah. yes. Yeah. And then uh, a couple of quotes, because what else am I going to do besides copy and paste in the historical context? Once again, I was I was just looking into like, okay, what was it that made this movie so special as a Vietnam War movie? Because it really is becoming a genre. Like, there's war movies, and then there's Vietnam War movies, and it's kind of its own little subgenre. And this is from a Time movie review of the film in 1987. The author writes, quote, Welcome to the old nightmare, the one neither Stone nor the 2.7 million American soldiers who went to Vietnam can shake. Welcome back to the war that, just 20 years ago, turned America, sorry for this term, it was 1987, schizophrenic. (laughs) Suddenly, we were a nation split between left and right, black and white, hip and square, mothers and fathers, parents and children. For a nation whose war history had read like a John Wayne war movie, where good guys finish first by being tough and playing fair, the polarization was soul-souring. Americans were fighting themselves, and both sides lost. That was Richard Corliss writing for Time. And finally, a quote from John Wheeler, who is a Vietnam War veteran and was the president of the Center for the Study of the Vietnam Generation in Washington and the chairman of the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Fund. He's quoted in this 1987 review of the film talking about Platoon, saying, quote, the next Vietnam movie may be the one that tells the whole truth, that we were the best equipped, best trained army ever fielded, but against a dedicated foe in an impossible terrain. It was a state-of-the-art war on both sides. But Platoon is a new statement about Vietnam veterans. Before, we were either objects of pity or objects that had to be diffused to keep us at a distance. Platoon makes us real. The Vietnam Memorial which was dedicated in 1982, just before this movie, four years before this movie came out, was one gate our country had to pass through. Platoon is another. It is part of the healing process. It speaks to our generation. Those guys are us. Wow. And that is the end of the historical context for Platoon. <laughs> it's not, not an easy one to feel chipper about. <laughs> Do you want to be just like your dad? Better go audition for a movie that he also did. (laughs) We'll be right back. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. 
Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Let's move our way into uh, phone notes. <laughs> Absolutely. Sorry, I poured a little bit of water just on myself there. This is where we talk about the notes that we took on our phones while watching the movie. A hundred percent. Yeah, what's up? Your experience in one word of watching this. Muted. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you... <laughs> I just, I think the word for the movie is upsetting. Ah, definitely. Because it, yeah. Yeah, it really was. It's maybe the most up close. Yeah. If that makes sense. To the war of all of the Vietnam War movies we've seen. Definitely. It's on the ground. It The one that I'd compare it to most is Saving Private Ryan. Oh, interesting. Because yeah. those are the two that are like, we're going to show you the actual fighting of the war. Mm. But Saving Private Ryan was still kind of the whole time it was like, well, but you got to do it. Yes. <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. It's impossible to romanticize in the ways that people have found yeah. for the, the first two, right. the world ones. Which is probably appriciate for every war. <laughs> yeah. No, 100%. <laughs> you know? I think that's what's odd is like, everybody is closer to the Vietnam War than any of us are to World Wars One or Two. Uh-huh. And so between that and just the sheer nature of this war. Right. It all just feels like, oh, yeah. I don't know. Very heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just saw Liana's first note, which is a meme. Yep. <laughs> what is, is this? A child in SpongeBob pajamas going? Do you know about this photo? This is my favorite photo on the internet. This I've- is a child <laughs> whose parents sent them to school, either forgetting that it was yearbook photo day. Or just not, like, <laughs> focused on it. And they sent him to school in Spongebob pajamas. And his yearbook photo, he looks <laughs> so flatly disappointed. And I, it's my go-to, like, reaction image. It's how I feel 99% of the time about all things. Extremely accurate. To we'll this. put it on our Instagram. <laughs> It'll make immediate sense. Yes, that that's how I felt as soon as I saw that it was confirmed a vietnam war movie the first half of my notes are before i googled like why is this movie special yeah the second half i'm a little bit more um less of an asshole (laughs) i guess i would say it was another freaking war movie yes 100 (laughs) percent. yeah stop making us watch absolutely and yes sienna you said making daddy proud by being in a weird nam movie and you wrote, I found your note on this is Charlie Sheen following in his dad's footsteps by making an unhinged Vietnam movie. Okay, that's the same exact note. Okay, us. Okay, us. Okay, us. Um, 
Yeah, it was odd. When I first saw him, though, I was like, oh, my gosh, he's in another one. And then I remembered, oh, wait, that was his dad. It's his papa. Oh, my gosh. I know. How is that possible? Wait. <laughs> I actually don't know. I guess like, his dad was old enough and almost, Charlie Sheen was young enough. But it was only like six years after Apocalypse Now. What? I know. How <laughs> like, possibly? I honestly was feeling that a lot in this movie. Just seeing all these different men who we have now seen across yeah. multiple films or... Not necessarily on this list, but in our lives. I yeah. was like, wait, you all were alive at the same time? <laughs> yeah. Alive and movie making age and right. career points. Yeah. It surprised me because we got Charlie Sheen. Yeah. We got Willem Dafoe. Yeah. The guy from Scrubs. Dr. Who's Cox always at a 10. From Scrubs. Johnny Depp, which is yeah. uh, nuanced now. Keith David. Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. Just all these people who I've seen be in movies, but never all together. Yeah, The lieutenant guys from Desperate Housewives, something Moses. Like, I get that you're contemporaries, but I didn't think that age-wise it was possible for all of you to be in this movie. I didn't think it was possible. I I wouldn't, if you had given me these names and this movie year, I would have said some of these men were not alive. (laughs) Charlie Sheen was a a You hadn't been born. (laughs) There's no way. Liana, you've written Willem DeFriend. Do you like Willem Dafoe? I just love, uh, wow, gosh, this is two memes in a row, which I'm not really a huge meme person, but there's a meme of like Willem Dafoe, Willem, and he's like frowning, and then Willem DeFriend, and he's smiling, and that's fun. So every time I saw him, I was like, ah, and then his character was very much Willem DeFriend. He was DeFriend. Yeah. (laughs) The other guy was Dafoe. Dafoe. (laughs) In every movie, you have DeFriend, and you have (laughs) Dafoe. Dafoe. I learned that in script And Willem Dafoe played DeFriend. (laughs) Sienna, you've written something very funny, which is, sorry, but did boudoir photographers make a lot of money when the draft was announced? Everybody has the hottest photos of their girlfriends. They're were like, they all their girlfriends? I missed that. Well, they just, they were just like, this is who I have back home. Oh. And just, we've oh, seen that, yeah. of course, that's in every war movie. That's in wars. Almost every film, actually. <laughs> yeah, In almost true. every film, a man will have taped to his wall, a booby woman. This is my girlfriend or wife or something. And I was like... I don't have any photos like that. Oh. If anyone I knew was running off to the war, I would You're have so nothing right. to provide. I'd have like one good selfie they in probably the sun. got them taken before they left. Mm-hmm. They were like, okay, I got to book my session. For real, they might have been like, all right, for your war. Yeah. For your for your war hero boyfriends. Mm-hmm. I mean, they sort of Line up, that. ladies. It's like that Saving Private Ryan monologue where he's like, this woman showed me her boobs. <laughs> yeah. Because she knew I was scared to go to France. So I guess that's just what you do to bolster someone who's going to war. You show you show boob. Yeah. Ugh. But someone's got to be taking those photos. I hope we don't get into a war. I don't want to show somebody my boobs. <laughs> Who did you want to make out? You said make out, make out. Willem and Charles? Yeah. Yeah. During that, the bong scene? That was incredibly homoerotic. I looked away. I thought he was going to shoot him in the face. And I knew he wouldn't, but I also thought he might. Oh, Okay. Because he's like, put your mouth on my gun, which is homoerotic, sure. Charlie, why would you immediately do that when someone tells you to do that? Um, No, but but even before that, because it's kind of, they're kind of creating a high environment. So it's just so zoomed in on his his face. Yeah. And he's just looking at him in the (laughs) eyes and it's so slow. Oh, yeah. And they're just staring at each other. Yeah, that's true. And if you hold it for long enough. I was like, hold on, what's going on here? Oh my God. And they did that with whenever they showed Willem. And I wondered about him if that's just how Willem Dafoe acts or if they directed him that way 
Because he just kept kind of looking at the camera really sexy. Uh-huh. And straight to the camera. Straight to the camera. Yeah. I did not like that. He was like on the prowl. <laughs> Is he one of those like drama club guys who just has tension with everyone? Like he'll flirt with you for who no goddamn reason. Sex eyes? Yeah. Drama club eyes. sex eyes. Drama club sex eyes. They've they've uh no, they're tight. they've been fatal for many a goal. They have been fatal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've all gotten got by the drama club sex eye. Yeah. Yeah. I know I have. You're like, is that do you does if that, you or someone that you that hug love, was so long, but they just hug for a long time. There was certainly a villain in the character of Barnes. He clearly was yeah. like the worst guy. I didn't realize that till a while through though, I gotta say. I don't know if I would have without doing the reading i mean they made it very clear with his movie scars yeah it was like oh okay that's a bad guy because he's got movie villain but face he's, scars he's in the war though it's like, <laughs> it's they like, gave him like bond villain face scarring yeah patterns right it was like a little Despite too the theatrical we know he got it from this war yeah which like means he's a victim obviously. yeah okay. yeah but also not right because, yeah that's the tough thing about Vietnam. It doesn't. It's not easily put into a package. There, no, narratively, there's nothing. Nothing is clear about any of it. A lot of gray area. Liana, it's time. You've said, <laughs> "Okay, wow." It's even more fucked up that this poster was in my high school math classroom. Now that I know the context, tell me. Give me the context. The poster for the film Platoon is Willem Dafoe running and dying out of the jungle on his knees with his arms in the air. That was so weird! That's the poster that I stared at for two years in high school. This bloody-armed, obviously soldier. There, You can see, like, his dog tags. You can see the jungle in the background. That's how I knew it was Vietnam. Yeah. And things are exploding, and he's so covered in blood. But what I didn't realize in high school was that that's also his dying pose. That's what they made the poster of the movie was a man in the throes of death. And for a year of math, I stared right at him. <laughs> and last night I was like, oh my God. <laughs> you were staring at a man breathing his last breath. It felt inappropriate. Yeah. It was like learning that Ron Howard had been in American graffiti the whole time. My understanding, my guess about the movie from the poster, having not known the movie and not knowing this was a man in the process of becoming deceased, was, oh, this is like the hero of the film. And he's like lamenting all his fallen brethren. Uh-huh. Yeah, and yeah. And they all died it behind like him. He's and he's like, like no, oh, my platoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's the My ending. platoon. <laughs> the last shot of the film. It's Willem Dafoe saying, my platoon. If only someone said that. No one would say that in this movie. They, they did all... say platoon a lot. No, no, not the word platoon. But not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> if only someone had said platoon. <laughs> then things would have been different. You're right. If only they if had. If only they had been like, oh, my men. I they... just need to save all my men. They you were what they needed. What? They needed team spirit. <laughs> <laughs> if they had, if someone had just had a bit of team spirit. They needed to do a group cheer. Been able to spread. Hey, put your hands in, everyone. A little team spirit. USA on three. One, Guys, two, on. three. USA. USA. Okay. Sienna, you said, who is this guy with this voice? Quote, the only thing that could kill Barnes is Barnes. What, what voice? Remember that guy with the voice? I remember that line. Yeah, you also noted this line. You said the same line. And then you said, Kate, that doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> The only thing that can kill Barnes is Barnes. And I was like, we are in the middle of the goddamn Vietnam War. 
People are dying the, in literally every possible way. The only thing? The only, the only thing that can kill this guy is this guy? And no. it's kind of true. Because at the end he goes, he goes, do it. <laughs> he orders a hit on himself. It. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Which I do think was a way for him to just be like, yeah, it's my idea. Do it. And Ooh. Martin Sheen's like, I'm already about to shoot you. <laughs> I was going to do it anyway. No, I'm, ho- I'm ordering the set on myself. It's like when your mom tells you to clean your room and you were like on your way to do it. And you're like, God damn it. Yeah. It was my idea. My idea. It was, this was of my volition, but now it seems like it was of yours. You're my hitman. I, I, yeah, I hired you um, to kill me. Yeah. I have no idea who that guy was. Dear grandma, today a demon whispered at me for 20 <laughs> minutes. And then the Phantom of the Opera told me to shoot him. So I did. Hope you're well. Charlie. No, not that Charlie. Oh. Oh, some of the worst sentences were in this movie. You you noted, quote, keep your pecker hard and your powder dry and the world will turn. What does that mean? I did not hear that until I just said it right now. What? Wow. <laughs> what? Wow. What's what is that? that? There was something about pussy that they were saying early in the film. Oh, yeah, crosshatch pussy. Oh some my god. Of- <laughs> it wasn't that. It was something like that. Did they crochet a pussy? <laughs> No, I think that was seen in the Women's March, which is problematic in its own way. I forget what it was, but it was some phrasing where I was like, why would you ever need to put those words together? Here, let me just control F pussy in my notes. Piece of pussy. They kept saying piece oh, of pussy. Let me control F pussy in my notes. <laughs> oh, wait, this is your notes. <laughs> Hold on. Sorry, everyone. We're command effing pussy. Cross mounted pussy. Cross mounted? Yeah. I don't know what that means. Did they crochet it and then put it on the wall? I don't know. I don't know. I assume that's this what This is why do. women need to be talking about war films. These are the questions men are not asking. Um, there was Just some, any non-men. That's the thing about... Women. Okay, and... Mm. I understand the nuances of war. Oh, sure. That's... Hey. <laughs> Similar listen, to how everybody. I understand the nuances of religion. We get it. So... <laughs> Yes, there's going to be a lot of men talking about men things because, yes, they're trying to survive the war. And if he, it has to be noted. We can both understand that that is a a terrifying part of male culture has been that they have had to fight in these wars. And yeah. that has been very dark. And they haven't known how to emotionally deal with it because they aren't socialized to do that. Yes. And we're just working on that now. And society is not constructed for them to reenter safely. Yes. At the same time, a big bonding, uh, bonding ritual for men is seems to be talking about women often in very degrading ways. Mm-hmm. And so both things are true when we're watching this. And there is a lot of male nonsense going on. Oh, yeah. The things they say. Was, I mean, I was happy my volume was down. <laughs> the things they were they saying say. piece of pussy while I was disassembling a table. And I turned around and I was like, hey, excuse me. You need to stop. It was. I sort of had a Smokey the Bear energy, I think, about it. <laughs> <laughs> Only you can prevent saying things about pussy that are way out of line. That is so funny. Fire danger very high. <laughs> I turn around in only denim jeans and a hat. <laughs> Full Smokey the Bear. And I said, only you. All of a sudden I was in denim jeans and a hat. No top. <laughs> Topless. <laughs> Which wouldn't be sexist if they weren't sexist out there. Uh-huh. Wait, it's not sexist to have your top off? <laughs> it's very sexist to have your top off. I became, I was in denim, <laughs> denim jeans, a hat, and very sexistly, my top was off. <laughs> I said, only you can prevent discussions about pussy in ways that are degrading. <laughs> pussy danger very high. <laughs> okay, Liana, you have said sort of the opposite of 
the real treasure was the friends we made along the way. (laughs) 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 Yeah, Platoon kind of is the opposite of that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. His final monologue when he's in the helicopter getting to go home because he's now been wounded twice in the war. And he's like, my two dads. (laughs) My two gay dads. Wait, kind of like two and a half men. (gasps) Two and a half men was a spinoff of Platoon. (laughs) Platoon and a half men. And Sienna, your final note. Quote, we fought ourselves. End quote. Yeah, duh. (laughs) That's what the whole movie was. The final speech, he was like, I guess you could say, we were fighting ourselves. (laughs) And you're like, okay, that's like the only thing I understood from this movie. That was obviously happening. One guy shot the other one. (laughs) They were in the same platoon. (laughs) Only you can take yourself to the fridge for a quick snack. We'll be right back. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hey guys, it's Rich Davis from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure ready RAV4. Available with all wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance or any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew could stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you could sit back and enjoy the wide open views with the whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter what your style, you could drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places. Sienna. Yep. Should we fire in the hole our way to our next segment? Mm -hmm. So sorry. I'm so sorry. Badges and tragedies. Yes. (laughs) Sorry, I just saw the pajama kid again. In which we award the film badges for bongs. Bongs and tragedies for terrorizing a a village. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. I have w- one badge. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> and it's a badge for Keith David because I love him. Who's that? He played King in the movie. He's the one who gets lifted out via helicopter oh, yeah. at the end. Yeah, yeah. 
He uh, he was the voice of Dr. Facilier in The Princess and the Frog. Mm-hmm. Slay. There are some actors yeah. who, when you see their face, you're like, this person is about to do good acting, and I'm going to feel comforted watching them on screen. Mm-hmm. And Keith David is one of them. Love it. That's my one badge. That's your one badge? That's my one badge. Okay, great. My first badge I wrote really early on, and I said, that scene was quite suspenseful. <laughs> I noted this because it felt different than the other, a lot of the other war movies we've watched mm. that are just so artistic. Um, <laughs> and it just feels like a regular movie. You're right. I, I remember the beginning feeling so quiet and I was like, something's about to explode. Yeah. And then things didn't blow up. Yeah. Yeah. My second badge is gay. Oh, it seemed really homoerotic for a minute and mm. I really loved it. Would that it were. I was kind of, I was hoping that it would kind of continue on, but yeah. I don't know. It might have just been weed, but it worked for me. Uh, (laughs) Is it weed or are they gay? (laughs) Badge for the guy who left for home and actually dot, 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 survived. Yeah. Who was King. Keith David. Yeah. I really thought he was going to die. I was sure. They were setting it up like he was so happy. And I was like not even getting excited for him because I'm like, this is obviously a setup. Yeah. And he went home. Yeah. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. amazing. Badges for, yeah, effectively anti-war for me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it's one of those things where, like, a lot of these anti-war movies, I'm like, yeah, I was already anti the war. Yeah. Seeing it's really, like, a lot. But, yes, you effectively showed that this freaking sucked. Mm -hmm. And by the end, I was like, I feel so bad for all these veterans who are about to go home to a country that hates them. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, you feel bad for these guys. But also, this movie in particular also showed that they were still being shitheads. (laughs) Yeah. So, nuanced. But it is... Certainly anti-war because that bad stuff happens when people go and have to be mm-hmm. pushed to their absolute limits in terms mm-hmm. of humanity. Mm-hmm. Bad for, oh yeah. Well, we've now talked about how the black characters in this, like a lot of them were given pretty lame roles, but I don't know if there is a term that's like the Bechdel test for black people actually getting to talk to each other. Right. Because this is maybe like the second or third <laughs> one on the list. Two black characters talk to each other, not about a white character. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Literally. Because uh, yeah. I don't even know if Rocky passed. This one barely even passed that test either. They were talking about the white sergeants for a lot of the time. Yeah. And then a badge for this movie was less artistic than the other Vietnam, especially war movies that we saw. And it was preferable mm. for myself. Mm-hmm. Like I took away more powerful feelings because I wasn't confused by everything else going on. <laughs> <laughs> Those are all my badges. Woo. Tragis. Yes. Trage for this is the worst possible way to spend a lovely evening. And that was for my life. (laughs) Because I had just walked home from an exercise class. It was a gorgeous, gorgeous evening. The the temperature was perfect. I got into my apartment and I said, oh, I wish I could do something nice with my time. Uh And instead, I had to watch Platoon. (laughs) That's hilarious. Oh, no. Trage for... This feels so quaint now. I also wrote this early. The way they're talking about women. LOL. (laughs) Yeah. True. But yeah, that was really the worst of our worries at a certain point. (laughs) Totally. Trage for killing animals in addition to humans. Things really, really get really bad once they go into that village. Yeah. Everything got so dark. Mm -hmm. So dark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a trage for that as well. Like, it's not even really worth noting everything that happened because it was all so dark right um so i just put trage for their crimes mm-hmm. slash assaults on villagers mm-hmm. slash this is so upsetting slash gross yeah trage for the n-word oh yeah trage for 
oh, you'll get home and everything will be gravy. Just generally saying, like, you'll get home and everything's going to be all good. Oh, it's... I thought you were coming out as anti-gravy. <laughs> gravy? Boom. Ew! <laughs> yeah, I didn't like all the war crimes and stuff, but the grossest part of this movie, they talked about gravy. Ugh. How do you feel about gravy? I like it. Okay. Whenever in these movies, especially in, in Vietnam War movies, when they're like, yeah, at least you'll go home. And once you get home, it's going to be so good for you. Remember how great home is? Yeah. And then it's America in the 1970s. It's and America. And you're like, ooh. Everybody feels bad doesn't feel good about the war at home because they were forced to go here and it's yeah. going to be crap. And everybody you. else will not listen about it. They're, They're like, not going to oh help not you get that. over your PTSD. No. Like, <sighs> A trash for the F word as well. They were just slinging oh, slurs yeah. around. Yeah, there were, uh, there were a lot of slurs. Yeah. My final trash is a trash for, yes, this was authentically told about somebody's real experience but it still was very much the white american perspective yeah so there's like casual racism towards characters and also just written into the script as well and it's once again that like american war movie focusing on like how sad this is for the american men that they suffered all of this stuff and just reducing like the vietnamese people to the tropes of either like harrowed villagers or like the evil Viet Cong totally. soldiers and there's there's no humanity given to anybody from the Vietnamese side of the story. That's a really really good point. Oh no why did I save this trudge for last? <laughs> what is it? This is so bad. Oh my gosh. This trudge is sorry for laughing all the times they say whole. I get it. It's because they were saying it in ridiculous ways. He we, was like, I have two holes. Come on. My two holes. Come on. My two holes are way too far apart. Oh my God. <laughs> you're like, what? And it's like, all right. Hey. You need to get that checked. Have you seen, where's Elias's hole? And <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. The was, whole foxhole like, thing. <clears throat> hole. They were slaying hole. In American culture, it was very different yeah. at this time. To say hole so much now means Especially something so podcast. different. We talk about hole. Everybody's talking about hole these days. Posting hole on Maine? I, I was about to say. Well, speaking of hole, um, uh-huh. I guess we will crawl out of one hole and into another, which is our segment, How to Pretend You've Seen This Film. This is for you are in your hole, just vibing, and then Barnes jumps down in there with you. Yeah, yeah. And he says, oh my God, we're in a hole. This is just like... During Vietnam. You're like, don't say that. No, I, this hole is at the safe hole. Oh my God, it's not this is my, be, sa- my safe hole. To do we are, I'm Toss Popcorn, a this safe just, hole. Just sort of a, like a, a, a fort kind yeah. of thing that I want to be in. I want to be in this war. hole alone. Leave me be in this hole. And Barnes is saying, oh my gosh, holes. <laughs> First of all, holes is a good movie. Second of all, holes remind me of not just the Vietnam War, but a, a movie about the Vietnam War that was oh. very powerful. And I'm going to shout every detail about it at you in this hole and to make barnes shut his pie hole nice about this film we're gonna give you a few things that you can say to pretend you've seen the movie platoon yes barnes i've seen the movie platoon you may not know this but the poster of that film in fact depicts willem dafoe in positively his character's last moments doing a very dramatic pose Yes, Barnes, I've seen Platoon, that moment where Barnes shoots Elias 
can be seen as a moment where the darkness beats humanity when people are pushed to their limits away at war. Mm. Uh, yeah. Barnes, I've seen Platoon. It's as one of the guys says in the movie, what a fucking bummer. That yeah. was a bummer. Bit of a bummer. That was a bummer. Yes, Barnes, I've seen Platoon, where some war movies are serving to, sh- to portray the intense brutality of war. I think this one goes further to show not just brutality, but also the immorality mm. of war, particularly the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. Barnes, stop it. And then I turn around and suddenly I'm only in jeans, a hat, and very sexistly, I am topless. <laughs> I say, only you can get out of this hole. Leave me be and stop talking about pussy. I love this character so much. Smokey the Bear. Only you can stop saying the word pussy in a way that I know you are not being reverent. I'm very sexistly topless. (laughs) It's so sexist the way that I am topless. Towards myself, I guess. (laughs) Yes, Barnes, I have seen Platoon. And despite its name, which implies some sort of unity or team brotherhood, this movie shows the way that a circumstance like war doesn't always just bond people, but in fact is quite divisive and shattering. Yes. For those at war and those at home. And with that searing insight, that bond, Barnes gets shattered right out of that hole. (gasps) Do it. (laughs) He says, do it. And then he shatters. Yeah. And by it, he means go to your next segment of your podcast, which is called Should You Watch This Or, in which we tell you if we think you should watch this movie (laughs) or if you should do something else with your time. Liana? I have one. Okay. You should do what I did as soon as this movie ends. Which is, you should put on May Martin's new stand-up special on Netflix called Sap. It's great. They're the best. They're very calming. They tell anecdotes. They're in a forest. So we got trees okay. in the way that we also, there were trees in Platoon. Okay. And we got a person telling stories, much like how Charlie Sheen writes to his grandmother recounting the details of their everyday. Incredible. May Martin is so great. They're very hot and so yeah. funny. And if you want to hear an anecdote about a moose, you got to watch Sap on Netflix. Who doesn't want to hear that? Everybody, literally everyone wants to hear an anecdote about a moose. I do agree with that, actually. Yeah. Sienna, what would you say? Here's what I'm going to do is I'm recommending you watch Scrubs. (laughs) (laughs) Scrubs. You You want heartfelt moments? You want to laugh? Yeah. Just like you do many times in this movie. Just kidding. Mm. There's none of that. Um, and for things to be a little sexist sometimes. Oh, yeah. For sure. Mm. Uh, she is topless in a sexist way. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. Um, but that sometimes sometimes that show kind of slaps sometimes. And Dr. Cox is in it. Oh, yeah. So if you want to see him be at a 10 mm-hmm. in another In a medical environment. This would be a medical environment. Mm-hmm. People die. Mm-hmm. It's kind of got it all. Mm. That's what I'd recommend. Great. Liana, what would you rate the film Platoon? I'm going to give Platoon one 
movie poster in my math classroom out of five. Okay. Because I respect its authenticity and that they were imbuing their, their lived experience into the story, but they still were racist yeah. <laughs> and sexist. And just as a movie watching experience, I couldn't do it. I couldn't watch it. Yeah. That's not a, that's not the movie for me. Yes. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Sienna, what would you rate the film platoon? What's interesting about this movie is I did, I preferred it to the other Vietnam movies on that li- this yeah. list. It's not Comparatively, I mean, compared to that shit. It was more, uh, not, oh, there was no bush in this film. Oh, oh, um, it was, it just felt more like narratively like a movie. I mean, just, it truly was just like less experimental than the other two. Yeah. I'd say, um, and it is clear that somebody, they're showing details about the actual yeah. experience. Like, it makes a lot of sense that a, a veteran made it mm-hmm. and like a very anti-war veteran. My brain is telling me to give this a 2.3. Sure. It did its job and it made me feel so bad. <laughs> it made me feel so bad. It was really, really upsetting. Yeah. Like, again, like, I don't really feel like listing the things that we had to see. Yeah. And I really agree that it did not show um, any Vietnamese people. It did not show the Vietnamese people ever as like humans, mm-hmm. really. Right. There were people in distress who we couldn't understand. Right. But yeah, I understood the themes that it was saying, and then it explained them very clearly at the end. So that's something <laughs> which is really the opposite of the other two. Yeah. 2.3 wartime bongs <laughs> out of five. Imagine an totally, artifact in a museum. Totally good. Wartime bong. <laughs> 1975. 1967. Oh my gosh, we did it. <gasps> we reviewed Platoon. We're I feel done. Done. like I have gotten another A plus in math because I've I've finally watched this. Thank, Thank you, you everybody so much for listening to this. We got through another war movie. Oh my gosh, this is the <laughs> Liana has just flashed me again this meme of a child looking so done, so disappointed. Um I make this face every day. Yeah, that's I wake up and I make this face. <laughs> mm. this has been we are all over social media at tossed popcorn on tiktok on instagram on twitter we have a patreon it is patreon.com slash tossed popcorn if you don't want to have to keep watching any of these movies and you want us to tell you about them that's what we're here for and i hope you're appreciating i hope you're enjoying it i hope you're fucking grateful (laughs) and we hope you're enjoying it but you can follow us all those places if you want to keep getting uh if you want to keep getting the hot bonus additional content tips about it because you shouldn't watch them no just listen keep keep on listening keep on listening really we're doing this we're doing this for you we're doing this for you we're we are jesus in the <laughs> podcast world tell your friends about toss popcorn toss us a review five stars please wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next week when we will be watching oh i'm so excited i hope it's a good one i hope it's girly <laughs> Do you know what it is? No. <laughs> I just knew this was going to okay, be ironic. Okay, so said, I hope it's curly. <laughs> and the movie is... Twelve Angry Men. <laughs> we just watched that. Every film on this list is that. You're right. This one, unless this one was Twelve Angry Men Shoot Each Other. The one before this was Twelve Angry Men uh, Snip Each Other's Beards Off with Scissors. Yeah. The one before this was Twelve, 12 Angry, Angry Men, Men Ride Motorcycles. Uh-huh. Oh my god. 
We love you. Bye. Bye. You can find us on Instagram as at Sienna Jekyll and at Liana Holston. Please check the description for the spelling of our dumb names. We put out episodes every Tuesday, so make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. See you next week on Tossed Popcorn. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check the iHeartRadio app. <laughs> Liana, you said, is there a way to watch this movie without watching this movie? Mm-hmm. Well, I have a podcast for you. <laughs> it's called Toss Popcorn. Unfortunately, we are, we are, we the are antidote. The, we are the, if it's not us, it's, who is it? That's how moving feels right now. If I don't do it, nobody will. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.